fans, uh, all of our new, all of our new fans uh, that we've been able to gain since the first episode. Uh, we really appreciate all seven of you and the feedback we've gotten. Um, shout out to Cheeseburger Randy Jokic. Uh, I think he's first probably five star it. review. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so. Welcome to Projecting the Jump. That was going to be the name of today's pod, and that is the theme. Uh, but that that's what we're rolling with, Projecting the Jump uh, pod with uh, your boy Flying J. Nick Clean. That's right. That's him. So uh, that thing I was going to ask you right before we hit record, it's, just, it's a fantasy uh, ethics question. Uh, so without getting too specific, in a fantasy football matchup tomorrow, uh, my... My buddy has Michael Pittman, who's who was ruled out this morning, chilling in his lineup, and it bothers me because I want to beat him without the zero, but at the same time, I don't want to text dude and be like, hey, you have a zero in your lineup, put someone in your bench. You're a grown man. You have a bigger beard than me. Uh, like, <laughs> So where do you land on that? Does it bother you too much? Uh, and I guess it applies to football a little bit more, but it can apply to basketball too. Uh, where do you land on the ethics of somebody with a zero in their lineup? Uh, I, d- uh, I definitely know I d- what you mean. We got a little feedback a little here. Feedback. What's going on? But uh, the, the I feel like the worst one is when you you can't text somebody else in a different matchup that you're trying to win. You're competing for like a six seed or something. You can't right. you can't text somebody else and say like, "Hey, you got you got to put this in." That's that's pretty low level. Um, but would I let them know? No, 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 nope. They're a grown person. They can figure it out. They can win or lose by it. Um, but I feel like that's that does shape who you put in your league, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Are you yeah, going to them? Uh, no, I don't know this dude directly. Like, I have his number in the group chat. It's like mm-hmm. a friend of a friend. Um, so, no, I'm not going to text this dude. But, uh, yeah. It kind of it bothers me when I see it in the morning more because I'm just like, get someone in your lineup. Like, and don't insult me. Like, I want to beat you fair and square. Yeah. All right, so maybe some more fantasy football talk at the end. But So, yeah, the theme of today's pod uh, that I came up with is every year around this time um, trying to get value out of, out of the picks. Not You know, if you say you take DeMar DeRozan this year uh, in the third round or you spend a certain amount of money on him, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, so we talked a little bit in the first pod. Nate asked me a question about philosophy around the rookies that we talked about. And if I target rookies looking for upside and, you know, responded that I really more try to project the jump of a younger player who I think is going to take a leap, but the ADP hasn't caught up to it yet. Um, so I looked at some particular players. I did, did some film study, did some breakdown. Uh, so we're going to kind of get into that. Um, and my first player, uh, well, Nate, I'll just let you, let you go ahead and sound it off. Who, who do we got? Oh, I, let's see here. This is the player that uh, that Jamie is going to be spending $117 on an auction. Uh, I plan to bid him up to 115 and then I'm out. That's it. This is as high as I can go. But this is Alprin Shangoon, I'm guessing you're going to start off with. The Delicate Dancer. Um Shout out Josh Lloyd uh, of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. So, so Alfred Shingoon, um, right now he is going number eighty nine in Yahoo, 
135 in ESPN. I'm going to throw those in. I don't even know who plays ESPN, but I wanted to have a distinction. Somebody does play ESPN, you know, there's what it is. Fine on you. Uh, last year, he finished at number 186 overall in 9-cat. Um, his, I'm actually going to pop these up real quick. So I just thought they were interesting. So his perfect Yahoo, Yahoo rankings even had him at 63 for 9-cat. Wow, actually, I didn't have that. So last year, per 36, Shingun um, was 16.7 points a game, 9.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, a block and a half, a steal and a half, and about a three a game. Uh, he played 20.7 minutes. And through my study of Shingun, that's something I, I came up with a lot, is, as I noticed his, his play could be a little out of control at times, a little erratic. He seemed a little overeager to make the most of his opportunities because he knew there was a cap on them. I feel like you got a young player like that who knows he's playing 15 to 20 minutes, and he's just going balls out. And so you got some reckless fouls from him. It sounds like I'm starting with a negative here, but I kind of want to set the context as to why I think there'll be a, a jump. Um, you know, he jumps over. I saw a lot on the video I watched, crashing the glass, coming over dudes' backs, trying to track down bounds that weren't weren't in his range, just, you know, hustle plays are a little misled. Um, but with Christian Wood there, I mean, he, you know, his minutes were 15 to 20 minutes a night if somebody wasn't hurt. Um, so I think uh, one of the games I watched when he, he did start without Christian Wood, um, and I'll post the video on when we get the YouTube up and running. Uh, so 40 minutes, uh, the delicate dancer had 21 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, two steals on nine of 20 shooting, uh, only three turnovers, although on tape it looks like more, but it was only three. Um, and what I got out of watching that game is, you know, he's able to get uh, the Rockets into their offense um, multiple ways. He can do it from the high post. Uh, he's a nifty passer from there, uh, down on the low post, the mid block. Uh, one of his craftiest moves is he has this handoff. A guy will come cut, usually a guard. And he'll either hand it off to the guard or fake the handoff and, and just drive. And, the, you know, he can get the defenders on skates real quick when he's decisive. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I saw a lot on video that I feel like um, could translate in more minutes um, when he's not looking over his shoulder, you know, knowing that he's going to get back on the floor. Um, he's just a really crafty player. I love his feel. I love his timing. Um he rebounds his own misses at a high rate, I noticed that, which for fantasy is great if you can get a couple rebounds on the tip. That's like the Jonas mm -hmm. special, you know, volleying the ball, and you go from four to eight rebounds on one possession. Uh, I think that Shingun has that in his fantasy skill set. Um, so that was kind of my takeaway on tape. Uh, yeah, so I'll go ahead and let you pick me apart, tell me why it's a little irrational, and I just got a, a Shingun fetish. Um, and then, you know, anything you have to add. Uh, on what you've seen when you have watched him and kind of your take on what he can do as a starting center next year for the Rockets. I mean, the moment the moment Houston traded Christian Wood, it, you just knew that his ADP went up 30 spots, maybe. I mean, because he was a per-minute monster last year, and it really was the question of, was he going to have the opportunity? Were the Rockets going to create the opportunity for him, or was he going to take that next leap? Um, he was always that hard guy that you would you would – you know, you'd look him on the on the waiver wire, and he'd start two games, and he'd be the tenth best guy in fantasy for 
two games, you'd pick him up and then he'd go back to his 20 minutes a night situation. Um, he did start a handful of games last year. I mean, and as a starter, he averaged 30 minutes there. Um, in those, I think maybe it was about 12 games. Uh, let me look that up real quick. Yeah, he did 13 games as a starter. Uh, he averaged 12, 8, 3 and a half with 1.7 blocks, you know, stocks in there. Uh, which is, you know, if you kind of look at that, you know, if you say like, okay, he doesn't get any better over this off season, that's the Shangun we see. We see him in that 30 minute role. That's pretty darn comparable to what John Collins did this last year. Uh, John Collins scored at a little bit higher rate, didn't quite have the blocks rebounds. Um, so, I mean, I think if you, if you can kind of pencil up that 20 minutes up to a 30 minutes. Yeah, you're probably are. I think you're right. You're looking at a top 50 guy. I mean, I, I, like I said, I saw Yahoo have him at 63. Um, and I think it's probably just a minutes battle in there. One question I had for you is, I mean, how, how confident are you that he's going to see those is going to see 30 minutes because they're less crowded on the front court. But they still have, I mean, they have Jabari Smith. They got, uh, you got, uh, who else you got down there? You got, uh, I guess you're probably trying to squeeze in maybe Boban. I don't know, you trying to play Boban at all? Uh, <laughs> uh, you got the, uh, the, who's that, the Spanish power forward who they drafted in the first round last year. You get Deshaun Tate. They drafted another uh, Tark Easton in the first round this year. Uh, so there's a bunch of big guys up there. I don't know how, how how worried you are about the sheer volume of guys that should be getting minutes. Yeah, after hearing that list of names, I'm actually much more confident <laughs> in my projection. <laughs> and it's no knock, you know, yeah, the uh, that French guy that took last year, um, I think his last name starts with a G, it's escaping me. Uh I was listening to a 40-minute pod today uh, about Shingun's performance in EuroLeague by uh, some guys who just do rocket stuff, totally healthy uh, healthy of me. And, yeah, he said that, that he's still in the development phase. Um, again, I'm forgetting his name, but I don't see that that player as a threat. Um, Tate, so so the actually Tate came up in that podcast, too, that I was listening to him. Um, Shingun and Tate uh, really played well together. Uh, Shingun was a little more efficient with Tate at the four. Uh, so you get rid of Christian Wood. Those two were awkward together. That was clunky. Uh, I don't know if Christian Wood's a center. That's a conversation for another day. I think you can play him as a stretch five. But those you two. Is a center? No, Christian Wood. Conversation for another no, day. But is, is Shingun a center? Or is he a yeah, backboard? I, I think he has to be. Um, and I think with the construction of this team, you mentioned Jabari first. You know, I, I see Jabari as a starting power forward, stretching the floor, uh, a la uh, Channing Tatum, um, Rashard Lewis. <laughs> uh, you know, and Shangun as a starting center. I like, you know, and I like Tate as a switchable. He can play the three, four. He can play some small ball five. But he's very versatile. Uh, I don't hear any names there. Um, I was thinking, is Dikembe Mutombo still on the roster? Uh, <laughs> but you know. I I think it's wheels up to Singoon as far as uh, the way that they've constructed this roster to unleash him this year, which is one of the reasons I'm so bullish, because I think uh, just the runway for him is clear there. Um, and there's just so many signs that point to 
taking an upside swing around some of the other guys. And also the position scarcity. I mean, uh, you know, center dries up quicker than any position. Uh, you know, if you're not careful, pretty, you know, in your drafts, you finish up and you're like, oh, I, just, I got Zubats and I got, I ended up overpaying for, you know, uh, Nurkic and it dries up pretty quick. So, you know, if Shingun's going in like the Valanchunas range, who just doesn't have that shot blocking upside, you know, I'm going to take Shingun every time. Um, so, yeah, I just, the upside mixed with the opportunity, mixed with the position scarcity at center, especially on Yahoo, um, you know, it's just a recipe for, for breakout. Um, and I'm not concerned with the list of names you gave, but putting it in context of the roster construction, uh, I feel even better. Yeah, the, uh, it, it is, I mean, talking about second-year players, it's, uh, I mean, kind of, I was looking through some of these early ADPs, which, of course, they're going to change pretty pretty wildly, but these are the Yahoo ones. Um, but 10% of the top 40 players are second-year guys. And then as many players as that are also in the top 100 again. It's it's pretty wild. This That, that whole class is, is completely stacked. So it's, uh, it's, it's it's a deep one, you know, and I think uh, the, I mean, looking at all those guys, I mean, there's just so many, so many like heavy hitters, right? Especially at the top. I mean, you have Cade going, Mobley, Scotty Barnes, um, yeah. It's uh, what and one guy that I that I was thinking in there who who I personally thought was going to be the number one out of that draft to kind of flip to more four or five. Uh, is a guy who I think is probably going to be one of those guys that either makes or breaks somebody's fantasy team this next year. Uh, I figure we might as well just stick with the Rockets here, go Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, I don't know, I, I, I want to select him next year. Uh, I don't, I'm curious if I'm going to have enough courage to do so. He was really a player of two halves. That first half of last season, he was, he kind of torpedoed your team with like horrendous uh, efficiency. I mean, uh, I'm just going to throw out some numbers from his like pre and post all-star break here. So pre all-star break, 39% from the field, uh, two and a half turnovers, two assists on 14 points. I mean, just, it it just hurts you. Was that Jalen Ivey's stat line for the first half of this coming season? (laughs) It could be, could be. I think if Jalen Ivey had this post All Star break, though, of he, he shot almost fifty percent from the field, bust, uh, bumped up his assists to three, like a little over three, dropped his turnovers down to one and a half, and then averaged twenty two points a game. I'm sorry, did you say Jalen Green shot over fifty percent from the field for 40, the second 40, season? Forty eight, forty eight percent. Oh, that's impressive. That's higher than I would have thought. Yeah. It really is. I mean, and so it's, you know, he's going right now, he's going number 79 in Yahoo. Uh, on the year last year, he finished uh, he finished 103 last year. So they, got, they, gave, him a, they gave, gave him a little bump up. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. I feel like that's one of those guys. There's a, there's a number of those guys. And I feel like in general, you know, we talk about this kind of overall draft philosophy. The thing that gets me so geeked 
you know, in fantasy is, is finding those guys. Like, you know, my, my dream player is like, he's been in the league six years. You know, he's going, <laughs> he's always been drafted in the seventies and performed in the seventies, but for whatever reason, I think he's probably going to perform in the mid fifties. Um, and I think, <laughs> Wait, is this your way of introducing Brandon Clark as your next player? <laughs> oh God. I, I do have him written down on my sheet with uh, seven exclamation points afterwards, but, uh, <laughs> But just, I mean, in general, I guess when we're talking about the this kind of category of of the draft that we're doing here, the projecting the jump guys, um, you know, when when I'm drafting, I, I'm often trying to find those guys that are just kind of on the margins. You know, they're yep. being drafted in the eighth round. I think they should be drafted in the sixth. Um, and it's, you know, it and you need to be able to do, you need to be able to hit on those things to kind of have a successful team to round out your roster. But I mean, I think. Uh, Finding those guys like a Shangoon potentially, like a Jalen Green potentially, the guys that can have those giant jumps, those are the ones that really, really win it or or lose it for you. A hundred percent. One of the names that came into my mind when you were uh, talking just now was uh, last year. That was Darius Garland. Um, you know, he was going in that range. You know, sixth round, seventh round. Felt similar to taking like a D'Angelo Russell. I know in one league, end up with both of them. And get it, getting that jump, projecting that jump, just you know, took me to the championship game in that league. There were some other things, but uh, just hitting that one, you know. And I feel like that's what we're talking about here. Think about what Dar- Darius Garland did last year versus what his expectations were, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there was a number of those guys. Those guys, guys Darius, but Darius Garland was on top of my list for. For one of those guys that was even going to be a starter in your team, being legit. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought up Jalen Green. Um, So the next guy I got, I feel like it's more, this is more of a Natron clean guy. And for me, as far as just, I know your interest in him last year, you brought him up to me a few times. I watched the tape on him and I just got, I came away just, just real excited. Like I just, yes, with this player's opportunity next year um, and some of the stuff I, I saw on film made the numbers pop even more. And that is that boy, uh, Devin Vassell, uh, Spurs swing man. Uh, and he's going to be one of the hotter sleepers or if we're still using that term, but uh, you're going to, you're going to hear his name a lot, but I still think he's a value right now. Um, when I, I did my research for this. These numbers are updated September 10th. Um, Devin was going a number uh, 101.9 on Yahoo and 137.5 on ESPN. I got to play in the ESPN league this year um, because the ADPs are ridiculous. Uh, last year, he finished uh, the number 111th ranked player in 9Cat, and he is currently you know, about to step into this huge role. We can get into the rotation, and we probably should. Uh, mm-hmm. And this, this, you know, insane opportunity he has. And there's a 10-spot discrepancy between where he finished and where he's going on Yahoo right now, and I just don't get that. Um, so, yeah, so I got some numbers. I got, you know, some stuff I wanted to talk about. But I'm just curious, just real quick, what do you think of Devin Vassell? Was he on your list? Uh, where are you at on that? So I have Devin Vassell written on my list, and right after his name, I have a question mark. So I know nothing about Devin Vassell. And I'm very eager to hear about this. I like the, 
you know, the, the outline of him, you know, when you, right. you know, when you read about him, I like that idea of him, but I don't actually have any strong opinion. So I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. Did you like his outline on the game Purtle? Uh, I probably got it first or second time. I'm pretty damn good at that game. <laughs> oh man, that was so fun. That kind of faded away, but that was, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, so I watched some tape on Devin Vassell. Uh, one game that jumped out to me, uh, it was on April 5th against the Nuggets in Denver. Uh, it's the game uh, in which the Spurs clinched their second straight play-in spot. So congratulations to Pop on that. Uh, pretty convincing victory. Uh, the numbers are solid. Um, 34 minutes, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Got a swat and a steal. 50% shooting. 4 of 6 from 3. 100% from the line on 2 attempts. And 1 turnover. That is beautiful nine cat efficiency right there but watching the film was even more exciting um he has like a much smoother drive and drive and kick game than i thought yeah you pick you know he at times he was a stand-up shooter in that rotation um but when he drives from the perimeter he looks fluid and under control reminded me a little bit of paul george uh he had more explosion than i expected um he's got really deep range from three uh and I think he has the makings of a clutch performer. Um, in this particular game, um, the Spurs had not scored for five straight minutes, uh, and he just caught the ball at the, at the top, one dribble, just launched a three. Looks like Ray Allen in 2006. Uh, and it, it just gave me chills. Uh, he had seven threes in that game when the rest of his team looked overmatched bad uh, against the, the Pels. Um, so what I didn't know before I started looking into Devin Vassell is that he has the makings of a go-to score from the wing. And I... And I firmly believe that. I don't know if that will happen this year, um, but I don't have you know I, I don't have this written down. But um, you know, based on his stats, let's take a look at the stats real quick. I'm pulled up. So last year, um, he averaged 12.3 points, uh, 4.3 rebounds, two assists, a steal, uh, 0.6 blocks, and two threes a game. That's in 27 minutes. He was what the fourth or fifth, fifth option. And so, you know, when I was watching some of his uh, some of his clips, you know, I just saw the makings of a potential go-to scorer. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 18 points this year, uh, three threes, doing it efficiently. Uh, you know, a steal closer to two than one a game. Um, and yeah, he just I just think he has real breakout potential. He has the opportunity, uh, and he just looks like he got a little something special, um, more than I thought. So his name has popped out. Um, and I'm, I'm stoked to draft Devin Vassell this upcoming season. And you're not worried about the lack the of lack starting of point guard for this team? This team. Um, yeah, that's yeah. as far as someone has set the table and get him into his action, stuff like that. Yeah, that's a concern. That's a valid thing to bring up. Um, you know, Trey Jones is going to be a popular sleeper just because of the opportunity, how good Trey Jones is. That I can't tell you. Um, they have him, and then I th- I'm forgetting the other point guard they have over there, which is not a good sign. It's a good point, but it's the Spurs. Primo, Josh Primo. Thank you. Yeah, Josh Primo, like more of a, a combo guard, but they're gonna probably run him at some point. But it's it's still Popovich. It's still the pers- the, the the Spurs system. Um, the Purs system is actually for uh, for public employees in Oregon. It's great. <laughs> I had it, I had it for like nine months. But no, in the Spurs system, I feel like they'll find a way to make that work. I'm not. I'm not going to look at the roster and, and and pick apart Devin Vassell's projection based on 
some of the weak parts of the roster. I, I think that they, they got enough there. Still got Jakob Pertl, the namesake of the game we referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, Keldon Johnson, he, he was on my honorable mention list. If you have him on there, you could jump into him. He's, gonna, he's a fourth-year player who in the past has kind of lacked um, diversity to his stat profile, but the sheer usage alone, um, he could be an interesting guy. Um, so I'm not worried about it because it's the Spurs. If this was, you know, a, a poverty franchise, uh, I would be a little more concerned about the rotation. But no, I think I think it'll be just fine. They're not going to be good, but they'll be competent. Yeah, I like the I like that outline of a guy that efficient, but then stepping into a bigger role. Exactly. Yeah, that summed up really well. <laughs> that was a really nice way to kind of encapsulate what I was describing. Is I saw somebody who excelled in his role, but looks like he is ready for more, and the opportunity is certainly there. Well, I hope, I hope you're right. I definitely was high on Kelvin Johnson last, last, last year, but it seemed like he was a little like bit a little behind, behind that job. Yeah. But maybe this is the year. Exactly, yep. And it's only his third year. His uh, rookie year, he... The cell that is, he played 17 minutes a game. Uh, so, you know, we didn't really get a lot, get a lot out of that. Um, so, you know, this is really going to be his first opportunity uh, to show that he can be that next wing that takes the jump. And, and this is something that just popped into my head. But think about all the wings that did this. And you were talking about looking for that player, but it's their sixth year. This happens a lot with 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 wings, go to scoring wings. They can take a while. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to to get to that. That's true. All right, I got a couple guys I want to just hit you with a quick like uh, either or here, and you tell me w- which one you're feeling. So uh, we got a couple couple young guys here. I mean, this is the whole theme of this one. Uh, who you're going with? Both are probably going to be drafted in the top fifty. Both have a both have the potential to kind of make a, a jump. I would think into the top. 20 as well um or slide back down it's hard to say they both had good years last year uh you who, who do you feel stronger about you have tyreek uh maxi or desmond bain that's an interesting one and it's, it's well crafted by you so kudos to you um both of those players are interesting because they didn't qualify for the projecting the jump list because i feel like those jumps already happened especially with maxi you know, when you look at the Sixers rotation, um, Harden being back, or so we think, you know, um, they added Melton. Um, they, they're, you know, they got a, they got a much uh, deeper team than they had when Maxi uh, broke out last year. So I don't see, I think if he can hit the numbers he hit last year, then that's, that's a win. So I don't, I don't see much of a jump coming from him. Uh, Desmond Bay is really interesting. Um, I, feel you know kind of similar to how i felt about devin vassell but i haven't done the work on bain i had him on my team last year so i watched some of his games um but i don't know where the jump comes from with him he was one of the most efficient three-point shooters in the league last year um you know you have mr chucker uh dylan brooks with that greasy hair yeah, that is your boy. <laughs> and Dylan Brooks has never met a shot that he he didn't love. Uh, so you know, you got Joff. Yeah, I, when Desmond Bain really made that leap and was like, "Oh my God," uh, you know, who who's this dude? Uh, Joff was out. 
uh, for a chunk of games last year, which the Grizzlies uh, famously just steamrolled the league without Ja. Um, I would probably, that's such a good question. I, I would probably go Desmond Bain, um, but I love Tyrese Maxey uh, and fan side tiebreaker. I would go Maxey, so I'm going to say both players. I would draft them at the same time somehow. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah, just kind of just double down, split the money. Like I would break uh, the algorithm, yeah. Um, I'm, well, I'm going to go, go Maxi on this one. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. I mean, it was, you know, I'm looking at some of these guys, and because I always think um, sometimes I'm guilty of, of seeing, a, seeing a guy who did a jump, you know, the previous year. I The biggest one I'm guilty of, and it's the most embarrassing one for me is uh, after Dane's rookie year, uh, I worked with a guy and he went, he went, he goes, wow, that was, that was great. And I go, yeah, but like, w- what a fine by the Blazers, you know, at seven. But like, I think he just came in that well polished and Dame is what Dame is. Like that was a great rookie year. We saw that there isn't another jump. And then he did that jump the second year. And I did the same thing. I thought, wow, I can't believe he had another level to it. He is what he what he is there, um, and so I think for that reason, these are like two guys that I was curious about because I mean they each had big jumps. I mean Maxi went, um, you know, from his rookie year from eight points to seventeen points. Uh, Bain went from nine to eighteen. I mean both had both had big jumps. Um, they both do a little bit getting rebounds and assists. I mean around three or four each as well. Um, you know, you mentioned Bain's efficiency is through the roof. Um, you kind of just wonder what would it take to make that next jump to go, you know, I mean, th- these guys we're talking about are right in the borderline of the top 50. How do you break into that top 20 and be that guy that wins you the league? Um, and and I don't know if either one of these guys are not, but uh, they, I think that they have the potential. One way you do that is is through injury to a star player on 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 the roster. We already saw that with Bain. I think the numbers you're looking at, uh, you know, I don't know how many of those games are without Jaw. Uh, I feel like he missed at least 30 games. Um, so in a scenario where the Sixers lose James Harden, I could see Maxi stepping in to that primary facilitator role, lead ball handler, and that is where you get that jump. That's where you go through the roof. So we might have already gotten a taste of that jump, and to be fair, it was the second year, um, both of these players. Um, but I feel like for ceiling, based on uh, how you could catapult as far as usage on your team, I think Maxi has that green check mark. Does that make sense? That seems fair. I like it. Um, uh, you got another player there? I do. I do have another player. So this is a little, uh, getting a little later in your draft. Um, this is another player that uh, popped a little more on film when I, when I started watching him and thinking about the role. So, so this team, uh, he he's plays for Minnesota Timberwolves. Shout out Randy Jokic. Um, and, you know, they traded away half of their starting cast, or, their, or half of their supporting cast, rather, to get... Uh, Rudy Goldberg, um, but they did not trade, and they made a point uh, to say that, J- that uh, Jaden McDaniels is basically untouchable, which seemed a little preposterous. Uh, shout out Rudy, 
for the all those years ago with the Mavericks when he was just an untouchable. He was a French point guard, and they would not include him in Toxin. Most people probably remember who he is. For the Boubois? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the junkies remember Boubois, but, you know, you get these franchises that overvalue their own guys from time to time, but, man, he, uh, that is long and rangy. I know you, I know you love his, uh, his twin over there in Charlotte. I believe they're twins. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Twins or brothers is a segment of ours. We should play twins or brothers. All right, quick. Twins or brother, brothers, the, the McDaniels. Twins or brothers? Oh, those are brothers. Those are straight just brothers. Okay. I think so, yeah. Why don't you, uh, can you look it up real quick while I, while I go through my spiel? So, so, so McDaniels last year, um, he, his final ranking was 183 um, in 9Cat. Right now he's going at 135.7, early ADP on Yahoo, and 139.9 on ESPN, so they're being reasonable on that one. Um, the game that I studied was the closeout game against Memphis last year. And the dude has just cojones. Um, in this particular game, he was five to six from three. Uh, he he made a lot of timely shots. Um, his last three brought the Wolves within one with a minute and a half left. Um, and I was I was left watching this clip, and I was like, he has the potential to be the. Why did you leave him open for three again on the floor? Got yeah. In a playoff game, you always have that one guy you can't account for. Uh, and it gave me big shot Bob Robert Ory vibes. Now that's lofty. One of the greatest greatest uh, role players of all time. But he has the frame. Uh, he Robert Ory was super athletic with the Rockets early on. Um, NBA Jam. He's a fun player. Him and Akeem. You can't even tell the difference. He was so athletic in that game. <laughs> but yeah, he his he's long. He's rangy. Um, his defensive upside is there. Um, his per 36, I just looked at it, so I won't bother pulling it up. Um, but his blocks and steals were both north of 1.5, uh, two threes a game. Um, and I just think, you know, you, you're going to have Cat and you're going to have Rudy Gobert, which is going to be awkward and interesting to see how that works. You know, Cat's never going to be a true center, so he steps out, he's launching shots. Uh, but there's a, a role to be filled for a slasher, uh, for the guy that, that you know, you double off because you're going to have j- just that court's going to be, you know, you're going to have Cat, you're going to have um, Anthony Edwards uh, and D'Angelo. So you're going to get a lot of open shots from McDaniels. And, um, you know, I think he's just got that. Pro- he's, he's 21 years old. Uh, so he's still raw. He's 21 years old. And he put up 24 in a closeout game in the playoffs last year. Um, so I just like him as a dart throw. I like him as a, as a you know, I'm not going to, you're not going to bid me up, any of my league mates listening to this. I'm not going to go, you know, crazy for to get him on my team. But I like him as a player that could take a jump to where you're like, man, I grabbed that guy last pick and now I can't drop him and I'm getting offers for him. And, you know, he's, you know, maybe my sixth or seventh best player. I could see that happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and they, like you mentioned, they traded away most of their team for, for Gobert. So, I mean, really you're talking about the only other guy in the rotation there is, I mean, it's another good player is Kyle Anderson, but um, you're talking, but that's among three positions. You have one backup there. So, I mean, the minutes are going to be there. You got to expect he's going to be averaging 31, 32 minutes. Um, So just alone by, I mean, that same conversation we were having with Sangoon, you're going to see a jump, even if he doesn't progress at all, which you would expect the progression. Also, uh, 
the uh, so it's his brother that plays for the Hornets, but his cousin is Juwan Howard. I love that. Look at that. Mm. I was not aware of that. Yeah, these dudes are from. Uh, they both went to the University of Washington. Uh, shout out UW. Shout out Seattle. Shout out Supersonics. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, it, you know, there's a lot of ballers that come from from the Pacific Northwest, and uh, yeah, he just intrigues me. Um, and I just love again when we're projecting the jump, we're looking at you know somebody who's going to step into a larger role, has an opportunity to showcase. Uh, a part of their game that they really didn't have a chance to, and I think that they don't have anyone else like that on their roster. I guess Torian Prince is still hanging out, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince. Um, Man, I so high I think on I, uh, I, I was wrong. <laughs> Wait, no. he, had that great, he had that great year in Atlanta and as a 3 oh. and D guy when oh, he yeah. was like a second year in his league, and I was like, all right, this guy is going to be long-term Oh, you love really Torian solid Prince. Robert Covington type starter, Dude, and uh, he he has not, yeah. and he's about to regressed in all forms, both defense and offense. Uh, our next episode, projecting the decline all stars, will have uh, the third <laughs> third year of uh, Torian Prince. No, that was crazy. Yeah, he looks like he was gonna, and he had that fantasy friendly fucking game too. Yeah. We, can swear, we can swear on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, yeah, I like both McDaniel's twins. Uh, the Hornets, by the way, I don't, I don't even want to get into. That's a confusing team. Um, it would be an interesting pod just to try to project them. Um, got, got a lot of young guys, and just I don't know. I'm confused by the Hornets. You know, Miles Bridges was ranked in the top ten last year in fantasy for uh, nine cats. Top he 10. was. I mean, that surprises me. But I knew at one point. Like I remember, look, I forget who ended up with him in our league, but I, you know. It just killed you because that's again. I mean, he was, I think, a seventh, eighth round pick. What did he go for in an auction format? Eight bucks, ten bucks. I don't yeah. know. Um, who else you got? Like, speaking of, you speaking of bridges, that sort of jump, a player you weren't really thinking about. Do you got anyone that you think can make that sort of jump? Um, I got, I got a, few, only a few guys I want to roll through here. Um, and I just want to kind of hit on them. Just I got like one or two minutes, and I want you to kind of be able to react to these things. Uh, none of these guys that I'm going to name after this are going to be – I. most of these guys I'd be surprised if they make it in the top 50. I think I'm talking about here guys that are going to be going from – the last round of your draft to potentially being that guy that was on your team all season, kind of making a difference a little bit. Gotcha. Um, one of them I want to start with is Azabuke from uh, the Utah Jazz. Real deep cut here. That's deep um, cut. <laughs> right, yeah. But the, the opportunity is wide open at this point. I mean, they traded Gobert. Hassan uh, Whiteside is gone. He... And I just had, I had to look this up, so I was curious. He he isn't in the league at the moment. Nobody picked oh, him up. Oh, he'll be back. He'll yeah. be back, and he'll be on my roster for one game. He's and like he'll he's probably, like Boogie he'll probably put up like twelve blocks and uh, ten rebounds that game. <laughs> he looked like he was stuck in quicksand. I picked him up last year. Golbert was out. Uh, I think you and I had a we traded on and off a little bit for that period. He was on a game on ESPN when everyone else was hurt. I, f- I forget who they were playing. I think it was the Lakers Jazz when nobody was there. And he his knees just looked like they were just going to buckle. Like he, <laughs> he did not. Probably still put up the stats, though. 
<laughs> he's still yeah. You can't stop that man from getting twelve rebounds and four blocks if he plays twenty minutes. You just cannot do it. Um, yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm I'm curious with with Azubuke, like because you know there's at this point they emptied out the front court. So, I mean, so your competition now you, you have Vanderbilt, who's could be pretty decent. Um, you have Lori Marker Lori stretch power forward again. Um, you got Walker Kessler. Um, so, I mean, there's, he, he's a true center and there isn't necessarily an established true center left on the roster. He got pretty good minutes, uh, you know, whenever Gobert would sit last year, just a second year guy. And he's coming in. He was pretty good in college. I mean, he was the uh, 2020 big 12 player of the year for Kansas. So, I mean, he's got good accolades. Uh, his per 36 numbers last year, which, first off, per 36 it mean? irritates the shit out of me. It's right. so dumb. Nobody plays 36 minutes except for, like, eight guys in the league. Like, it should be per, it should be per 32. I mean, like, it's, I, I just wish that this, that agency would change it to that. Um, but, you know, here's what it is. Um, yeah, but so his per 36 last year was 15 points, 13 rebounds with two blocks. Uh, you know, if you kind of, if you scale that back a little bit to like say 32s, 30, 33, 34, those numbers are incredibly comparable to, uh, once again, some of this guy keeps coming up for like the third or fourth time this, this pod to Jakob Um And Jakob was ranked number 45 last year. So I think there is a, pathway I, I i wouldn't be shocked to see azabuke finish in the top 50 top 60 next year and and be on somebody's team all year round i wouldn't have even thought to nominate azabuke because i'm so interested in walker kessler which is which oh, is really? kind of funny so yeah uh he so walker kessler playing for auburn last year with jabari smith led the nation in, in block shots i believe he had a triple double with blocks <laughs> And that's not a that's not a cookie cutter conference. Uh, the SEC, um, shout out UK two K. Yeah, it five five point five stocks last year in college. That's insane. Exactly. So like it's interesting. So so really speaks to the upside on Utah, the unknown upside. And I talk about taking swings, yeah. but it's interesting. So why I guess while you're taking Ice Bouquet, who I'd not considered, and I guess I will. Um, you know, I don't have a lot on him as a player. He went to Kansas, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's Nigerian, uh, which is cool. Shout out Akeem Olajuwon. That can't hurt. Um, yeah, Walker Kessler, you know, I guess I kind of penciled him as, as a starting center, so I'm glad you brought up Isabuke as, as potential competition. I mean, even if they split the minutes 24 apiece, uh, you know, that's you could have a real nice bottom-of-your-roster guy to get you some big-man stats and have that sort of upside. So I'd say, you know, um, I'd like to have one of them on my roster. Um, but, yeah, I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm big Walker Kessler guy coming in. We didn't talk about him on the rookie pod, um, but I love the opportunity he has, and I think you know, he could get you two blocks a game as a rookie if he gets you know starters minutes. Um, yeah. But yeah, interesting to see. I look. That's actually one thing. You know, the preseason isn't very long, but I want to see how the uh, front court is shaking out in Utah. That'll be interesting. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's definitely something to monitor. Not necessarily something to draft high, but something to certainly monitor that especially that first week or so when you're doing those initial pickups. Um, exactly. Another another guy I think falls in that same boat, 
Um, maybe you throw a buck or two or four on them. I, I don't know in your drafts. Uh, this is one guy I, I have no idea. I mean, his floor is you drop, he's your first drop. Um, but it's, I think it, it could be a swing. You never know. Um, I'm curious to hear what you think about Zaire Williams from Memphis. Um, he started 31 games last year for him. Um, they certainly opened up. I mean, the, the minutes are opening up for him a little bit. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is out for the first number of months. Uh, they, you know, Kyle Anderson left as a free agent. So there's, there's a, there's a big pathway there for him. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's still some, uh, still some good players in that rotation. I mean, Memphis is really deep. I mean, they, they, they went like 12 deep last year. Um, but they drafted him the first round. They seem to really like him. They even, they played him in the playoffs, which is exactly. kind of saying something. Um, so the, I think the, the long-term projection on him is, is really high. I guess what I'm curious about hearing what you think about it is uh, could next year be that year that he makes that leap or is this a year too early? I think you hit the nail on the head when you alluded to they, that they love Zaire Williams. They're, they are committed to him. They're really high on him. Uh, they played him in some high leverage situations last year. I think he is Memphis's uh, McDaniels uh, as far as mm-hmm. skills um, fit on the team. Uh, age, upside, athleticism, uh, you name it. So it's an interesting comp. I would much rather have McDaniels, but people are going to be all over him. Uh, so I like Williams as an alternative looking for a similar p- potential jump. And you said something really important, that, that this player could be your first drop before you introduced him as Zaire Williams. Um, and that's how I like to fill the bottom of my roster. I want to fill it with high upside players that you're going to know within the first couple weeks if they're cuts or not. I don't want to limp along with some veteran and like they're boring and you got them. Like you can find out a lot in the first two and that frees you up to stream some guys in if your league allows streaming um, or to take shots on other guys. Um, So I I think that's a really important point. Um, You're you're taking shots on guys to see how the rotation shakes out, if they're ready to make that jump or if it's a year early. And with a guy like Zara Williams, McDaniels, those bigs in Utah we're talking about, these are great guys to have uh, at the end of your roster when the season starts. You're going to know what you got. It, you know, you're going to see what the rotation looks like. You're going to you're going to get a, a nice early taste. So, uh, again, it's another reason um, all leagues should have at least five waiver moves. Um. <laughs> wow, wow, a little coming in with the heat over here. Our, our league uh, through democracy, through like the for the power of the people, have uh, so many fathers. <laughs> <laughs> I voted for just three, but it's a little contentious in our league. Yeah, it was two for a long time. Uh, any extreme drones listening, I'd love to hear on the text thread what you think of this little little uh, side tangent. But uh, you know, I'm a I'm a hard grinder. I don't have any kids. Um, I will wake up at two in the morning and make a pickup. I'm that guy that has the player ever to pick up at twelve and right at midnight will pick the player up and then go to bed. So I get that you want a handicap that moves when you have a savage like me in your league. And I'm not saying it's all geared towards me, but I'm just saying, you know, you got a league full of dads, responsible men, good fathers. Uh, and then you got me and I kind of, you know, I would say fantasy and sports. The pretty, in the water. They're pretty high on, on my, uh, on the pecking order of my priorities. Um, so, I, so yeah. So for me, it's like, if there were five moves a week, I feel like, you know, that's game over. So, I, so I get it, but um, it does. 
make and you know uh, side tangent closed here. I think it makes it even more important to take shots on those upside players because you know when you have limited moves and look at your league settings um, to to get an idea of that. You can't really stream through throughout the week just to get the stats you, you need. So you want to get those upside players locked into your lineup. And then maybe you'll have one spot where you could turn over it a couple times in, in, in the one period. Um, but I think, you know, if you have limited moves, it makes it even more important to hit on these little upside picks at the end of your drafts. That's a really, that's a really strong point. That was really well said. Um, this next guy, I think, fell into that category that you're talking about. The guy that you maybe use your last pick on. And I think almost everybody then dropped this guy. Um, but uh, I was really surprised to, to go back and look at. So we're talking about Sadiq Bey here, uh, who I, I'm guessing that probably a, qu- a quarter of the people that are listening to this had Sadiq Bey on their team at one point. Um, but I, I went back and looked at the total, you know, so the Yahoo total, so not the average uh, for nine cat. He finished 47th last year. Which is just silly. He went on a hot streak right at the end. I mean, if you look up his, like, yeah, his, like, the last month or two of garbage time, he went went crazy. Um, You're triggering me right now, I just want to say. (laughs) Sadiq Bey knocks me out of the playoffs. I'm going to look it up. I believe he had a 51-point game against the Magic with, like, 11 threes, and I lost threes by, like, two threes in the first round. Yeah, I, I literally have that written down here. His that that game, I have it. I don't have want to talk highlighted. I don't want to talk about that game. I do want to correct. So our first pod, I'd mentioned that Nate and I played in the fifth place game, um, which means that we both lost in the first round. So we did make the playoffs, and then I was knocked mm-hmm. out in the by Sadiq Bay. Um, but I ain't chasing that. I ain't chasing no, that with Sadiq no. Bay. I'm gonna, I'll it was toss a fifty this, point game, but yeah. I'll toss it back to you. So yeah, 40, 41st, You said that really surprises me, but yeah. Um, yeah, where do you see? Do you see room for improvement, or do you feel like his role in the rotation last year is very similar? Will it be this year? Well, yeah. So I, I'm I'm really curious. I feel like he's a guy, and it's surprising. So I mean, he was um, Yahoo has it an early ADP has him ranked at 81 this year, which oh, is lower than what he finished last year, which is yeah. surprising for such a young guy. Um, you don't normally see that. Uh, it felt like a really reasonable placement for him. Um, but I kind of expect him to be a guy that, that builds in the draft going up forward. Um, uh, there's just, he's such a polarizing player, you know, everything about him. Um, uh, you know, I mean, he, if you look at some of his raw numbers, he averaged, uh, 16 points a game last season, uh, on, and he shot almost eight threes a game. So many. With 21% usage. So, I mean, including that 50 point game. So like you look at that and you're like, okay. Third year player in the league, good at defense, his team's on the rise. That's up. All right. Maybe this is a really good guy. But then you look, but then, you know, you see other weeks, you know, I mean, he's his, you know, whatever. This, like, our fantasy, fantasy basketball doesn't really account for this and doesn't matter. But I mean, he was a negative in, in plus minus overall last year. So he was, the team was worse when he was on the court. Um, and his, and the other thing that makes me a little nervous is that his shooting percentage got worse from his uh, from his sophomore year, from his second year from his rookie year. Um, his assists went down, <laughs> and his defensive stats stayed the same. So there wasn't necessarily a huge amount of growth from first year to second year, except for usage and overall shots. Um, 
but the outline is there. You know, I mean, if he's that guy the last two months of the season who's scoring like crazy, hitting threes, that's a that's a guy that's that's worthy of plunking down some cash on. But uh, I I don't know yet. You know, I was. It's funny, but Sadiq Bay crossed my mind, and I just—he's a big question mark for me. If I had the if I had the ghetto notes that you have, I would have a big fat question. But what popped in my head um, is they traded Jeremy Grant, and so uh, I quickly just looked up the splits. To who? On... Wait, who did they trade him to? I believe he went to uh, the Portland Trail Blazers, which oh, was that's right. Yeah, and we're not going to – it was a great trade. It was. I mean, the Milwaukee pick was – yeah, that was great. That was a great trade. I like Jeremy Grant. I like his fit on Portland. But what we're talking about right now is Sadiq Bay. And so I pulled up his splits, and they're pretty eye-popping. So last year with Jeremy Grant, and the minutes are dead even, 33 a game, which is interesting. So, so it's basically the usage, not even the minutes that went up. So last year with Jeremy Grant in 47 games, uh, Sadiq Bay averaged 13.9 points. 5.7 rebounds, three assists, which is higher than I expected, and then 1.1 combined stocks. That's not why you have Sadiq Bey. Um, and his shooting, uh, he was 36.9 from the field, which was just, that's what I remember. That's the Sadiq Bey. Well, you were like, I just can't stomach that. Um, a lot of four, twelve. Two point two threes a game, but listen to this. So 35 ga- uh, games last year without Jeremy Grant, same amount of minutes, um, and I'm trying to figure out why this is such a big jump. Uh, field goals attempted went up by two. So he jumped up to 19.1 points from 13.9. Uh, and the threes went up to 8.3 per game. So, yeah, so basically, <laughs> oh, the same amount of minutes, but he's just jacking up shots. Uh, surprisingly, his field goal percentage goes from 36.9 with Jeremy Grant to 42.9 without. So volume goes up and his shooting improves by, you know, five, that's about 5%. So that's kind of crazy. And then his free throws go up. So this could be a confidence thing, actually. Maybe it was, he thinks he's, you can tell that crazy patch in his head he carries himself. Yeah. His free throw percentage goes up from 75.8 with Grant to 89.2 without. That's crazy. That's a mental thing. So, yeah, I guess live here on our second pod, uh, my opinion on Sadiq Bey is is, is 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 changing a little bit because he has the alpha. In him. Do I know? Does he have the skill set? I don't know, but he thinks he's the man. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity is there. Exactly. So that's an interesting one. What did you say his ADP was right now? Uh, eighty-one at the moment. So, so right next to where, where Shingun and Jalen Green are going. So these are the kind of decisions you'll have to make. Uh, if you're in a safe draft, yeah, I got one other guy, and then I then I have it. Then I'm gonna hit you with another uh, either or here. Um, last quick one is uh, a guy who I mean, you're talking about Jeremy Grant, and so Jeremy Grant once again is going to affect this guy. Um, but I I I see him as the starter. Uh, and uh, I, I try pretty hard not to overinflate guys from the team that I like to root for, which is the Blazers. Um, so this is Nasir Little here. Um, but I am a big Nasir Little fan. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really interested to see if his real-life uh, production matches what, it, what he'll put out in fantasy or not. 
Um, but I think that there is a lot of potential there just because of the growth that we've been seeing from year one to year two to year three. This would be entering year four here for them. Um, last year, the opportunity during the tank presented itself and uh, he got 26 minutes a game and it, and uh, which was up from 13 the, the previous year. And so last year he averaged 10 points and 5.5 boards with 1.5 stocks. Um, pretty decent, you know, not, not anything that's going to be on your roster long term, but kind of a streamer level. Uh, but I kind of was curious to see what if those numbers, you know, and I went back and looked at his threes, you know, because the three point shot, he came into the league at North Carolina as a non three point shooter. He's right. a power forward. Um, and he's kind of been working on that and it's been getting better and better and better. Um, was kind of wondering if, what if those threes this next year just jumped up to leave it to league average, nothing crazy. Um, you know, just kind of was curious to see what that would look like. Um, and so I took the numbers for my favorite player in all fantasy sports. Number one, like eight exclamation points. Who is? Mike Conley. No, not Mike Conley. <laughs> I do like Mike Conley. Mike Conley's pretty awesome, but Dorian uh, Finian Smith. Oh, wow. Okay. By, yeah, by the way, that's a whole nother pod we, we got to do on DFS. In uh, a quick preview, I'm sorry to, to jump in on this. I want to do a pod on fantasy glue guys and the correlation between uh, having a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal or someone like that on your team all year instead of trying to stream it in and how that can be similar to roster construction in the league. So just a quick little, I forgot to text you that, but fantasy glue guys I think would be an interesting one approaching draft season. I'm curious here, who else falls into this category? Because I, I, I subscribe to that, you know, I think it's, you do. it's definitely, you know. Yeah, you do. You know, I think P.J. Tucker at some point was was one of those guys. Yeah, I don't think he is anymore. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a starter that's getting steady minutes. You know what you're going to get. The ups aren't as high. The downs aren't as low. I feel like a lot of time it's it's a wing, a wing player. Um, so we'll look into it. But, yeah, I think it's the DFS All-Stars. Um, I So back to Nazir Little, I, I like him. Well, as a, yeah, and just to finish my that a quick little thought before I toss it back to you, the uh, – so I wanted to project, you know, just DFS's three points output onto what this year's stats were last year. Um, and by doing that, he was basically that DFS. I mean, he was basically flirting right at that, like, 90 spot there. Um, and he's going for free in your draft at this point. So I think, you know, we're talking about that, like, end of the draft pick, you know, if if he can just bump up those three pointers from, you know, whatever he's averaging 0.9, I don't know if the stats are for me right now, but, you know, just up a little bit. I mean, DFS only averaged 2.2 uh, last year. Um, so if he can just go up a little bit, then you're yeah. talking about, you're talking about a guy who's on your, on your roster the entire year. Well, so my concern with Nazir Little isn't the talent and, it's it's not him staying on the court. That's another issue. Um, I guess we could touch on it um, as far as is you know health projection coming to the season. What about the rotation? You know they 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 add Jeremy Grant, um, Shade and Sharp. Who knows how much he's going to play? But he's an addition on the wing. Um, and then uh, Josh Hart, who was kind of shut down uh, as they 
you know, tanked their ass off for the number seven overall pick. Um, you know, so how do you see his fit in the rotation? What kind of minutes can we be looking at? That's my that's my concern with him. It's not his talent. Um, and I like I like the idea of of just thinking if he could become an average three point shooter, which I think he can. Um, but what about in the rotation this coming year? I'm kind of expecting him to be that nominal uh, fifth starter, and then Josh Hart coming off the bench. Really? Even though I think, even though I think Josh Hart is better, Josh Hart is better. Um, I think Josh Hart, I think he has the more of a scoring punch that they might be looking for off the bench a little bit. Um, and this is just my guesses here, but that's uh, I think they're they probably feel more comfortable having him having full range, kind of operating the second unit in this year, just plugging and playing mainly for his defensive uh, versatility as well. Um, you know, I mean, because you have Anthony and Dame out there, so you you kind of need somebody that can can D up, you know, the opposing guards. Um, this year is a big guy, but he can he can fit that role a little bit. Um, so I think his minutes are going to be there, but you know, whether or not the fantasy output's there or not, just kind of I think it's going to come down to whether you can hit threes or not. Can you give me your projected Blazers starting lineup and then the first three off the bench, just kind of right now off off the cuff as a Blazers fan? Yeah, so it's uh, Dame and Anthony. Um, then I think you're going Nasir at the three, uh, Jeremy Grant, and then Yusuf, Nurk- Yusuf Nurkic at the five. Um, you have Josh Hart as your, you know, basically six, start- six starter. Um then Gary Payton, when he comes back, you know, we'll see how much he misses. I, you know, it was interesting to learn. I mean, just news just broke today that he had the same abdominal surgery this off season as, oh. as Dane did, which is kind of, yeah, it's kind of a little ironic. I mean, and they had the same surgeon, even same, same procedure, same surgeon. Um, so these projected to be ready near the start of the season. Um, but I imagine he'll kind of start a little bit slow. Um, Surprise, then, baby. <laughs> he's, he's in there someplace. Uh, then you have Justice Winslow, Trenton Watford. Um, I think both those guys are going to be, uh, you know, they'll both be good bench guys, but uh, nothing that you need like, to look for in fantasy. I like Watford. I like Watford. He's a great passer. I think he's an interesting player. I think that uh, he's a little bit of a diamond in the rough. Deep dynasty teams, Trenton Watford. I have him as a rookie keeper uh, in one in one dynasty league. Um, I like Watford's game; it's very fantasy friendly. Um, Probably won some a league last year with that that's right. hot streak. Oh. Yep. Yeah, no, I like Watford. Uh, the prize, of course, is uh, Drew Eubanks. Um, the prize. Do that. Um, can you give the the prize origin story? We we're just trading during the flurry of action yeah the trade deadline we're going back and forth back and forth and uh how did the prize come to be drew eubanks so drew eubanks got traded uh from the spurs where he's at to toronto um and it was in the trade that sent uh oh what was his name the uh uh there was, was a first pick attached to it but uh they traded him he was involved with thaddeus oh, young was involved in that one thaddeus young yes that was what it was and we were we were wondering we we're like oh they can't possibly have traded the first round pick for Thaddeus Young he's no good like I guess Drew Drew Eubanks must have been the prize there right. and, and then and then sure enough that like we're like oh yeah he must have been the prize there and then the next day they cut him 
So, <laughs> so that's how the prize was born. Of course, he ends up in Portland during their tankathon. Um, he got some nice touch. I like the prize. I think he would have looked real good in the 1980s. He might have been a three-time All-Star with a buzz he cut. He would have been ugly, but he would have been, yeah, he would have played decently. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, the prize right, so of the trade. Yeah, I got one. I got one more here for you. That I'm kind of curious. I have a. Uh, I have a tri triparter. Um, biggest jump. Who do you have as the biggest jump out of these guys here? Uh, that you project to have uh, the biggest jump. So you have Bones Highland, Cole Anthony, or Davian Mitchell. Hmm. Love this question. I uh, so love Bones Highland's game. Uh, I think that kid uh, got a little something special uh, as far as his ability to. He just plays with this with an infectious energy, and I think um, he's going to be at least a great role player. Uh, it's all rotation based. This question is a very rotation based question. Um, Jamal Murray, where's his health at? God, Lord only knows. Um, that is a huge. If you tell me Jamal Jamal Murray has a setback and is out four to six weeks, it's Bones Highland with and this without question. Um, I really like I really like Bones. Um, who else did they add? KCP. Um, so I need to take a look at the rotation. Ish Smith. Ish Smith. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Bruce again, Brown, the, this is why you're the master of these questions because. So, so then you go to Orlando Cole Anthony, and we talk a little bit about the magic rotation on our first pod. Um, I picture him being a, a, a super six man, a spark plug off the bench who can just come in and get buckets. And maybe he'll be more efficient from a fantasy perspective when he, you know, isn't the number one or two option on the team, which he should never be again. Um, <laughs> he was one of those players where I picked him up early and I was loving it. And then like, his rank just plummeted so much. I was throwing him in in two for one offers, just trying to get rid of him as I didn't think I should drop him. It was in a different league than ours. And because he was just one of those players that was killing you, but still putting up 18 a game. Um, his, so his he robbed box numbers. He had last year he was 16, six and five. And if you right. stop there, you're like, wow, this guy's top 20. Exactly. But then if you dive any deeper, like you said, he's like, ugh. So I will say, it's just real quick, if anyone who finds this pod um, is in a points league, uh, the answer to this question is Cole Anthony. You don't have to worry about his efficiency. It's just popcorn numbers. Uh, popcorn numbers wise, I think Cole Anthony, you know, just assists, rebounds, and points. I think Cole Anthony will have the best season next year. Um, but uh, hit me with the third one again. Davion Mitchell. That's right. And you know I love Davion Mitchell. Um, I think Davion Mitchell next year in the Kings rotation, I think he probably has a, a little more of a stranglehold on, on 28 to 30 minutes a game than the other two. Um, you know, they cleared out Halliburton again last year, and they bring in a wing this year. Uh, so without having it in front of me, I – well, they yeah, bring in Malik Monk. Yeah, he averaged 27 last year before they traded – I mean, and then yeah. they traded away Halley too. They brought in Monk and Herder, who are the same player. Right. Um, so that's a little confusing. Um, I'm I'm gonna lean Bones on this one, just because I I I feel like he's a nice combination of upside and um, role, and I think he's a more efficient player. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't think he's gonna ha he's at risk of averaging 89% from the field. Um, but I like Davion's defensive upside. 
um, for getting getting some steals and assists. So step, I would rank it Bones one, Davion two, and Cole Anthony three, with Bones and Davion being pretty damn close. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's it's hard. I mean, I feel like any one of those guys could pop. You know, if if Cole Anthony gets those percentages and turnovers a little in check, I mean, boy, I mean, right, he's probably top fifty. Um, Davion's like minutes, you know, this opportunity is like you said is is there. I mean, his, but the efficiency was so rough last year, and it seemed like he kind of burnt out as the season went on too. He started strong and then kind of burnt out. Um, but I like what he brings. I mean, I like that that defensive, I guess, you know, intenseness. Um, and I I like where he's going long term. Um, Bones Island. It. I swear in the playoffs, he like Mike Malone, who does not play rookies. He does. Mike Malone does not like rookies at all. Um, he was giving them like free reign, and I feel like there was long, there was multiple minute stretches where they just said, "Okay, Bones." You know, if Jokic was on the bench, they just said, "Okay, yeah, Bones is running the offense there." Um, you know, I mean, but he's the bigger risk there. I mean, he only averaged 19 minutes a game, um, where Davion averaged 27 last year. Um, so I think if, if Bones sees 27 minutes, he's the best out of those three, yes. but, but Willie, really, there's a lot of competition there. That's good process on that. Um, yeah, no, I, exactly. Uh, Davion Mitchell, I, I actually was watching some, I considered him for this list. He was an honorable mention, uh, and there's just a highlight of him just coming down the lane and just just packing just right on someone's head, just like over just went over the top. And he's he's a small guy, and I just didn't know he was that athletic. Like I think he's he's got more to show than than he has. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I lo- I love this question because I'd be happy with with all three of those guys as as late round flyers um, in an auction format. Just back off either one once it gets to five and wait for the other. Um, so that's kind of it's again it's opportunity it's it's opportunity cost um, with with those guys maybe if somebody overvalues one more than the other then you take the whoever ends up cheaper. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good really good comment there. I like to make those good comments. <laughs> well, nice. well, I I the rest of my stuff include uh, like a deep list of un- notable undrafted 2019 players, uh, which I feel like as I'm reading it now, feels like it doesn't need to make this podcast. Uh, we could save this for a, uh, I was, I was, for, for, a te- for a text thread later as we like just really get into the weeds. But uh, uh, I've hit all the guys that, that I have on my list. Do you have anybody that you that you wanted to throw out before we, we wrap this thing up? Why don't you hit me? I got about a 45-second uh, pee that I need to, need to take care of. <laughs> but I'm curious about your list, so just hit me. Just hit me with a couple of those dudes. Oh, the 2019 players? Yeah. Well, do I, I mean, uh, I'm going to give you 45 seconds on the 2019 draft. My thoughts are, I mean, when it when it came out, it was uh, it was kind of thought of as like one of the shallowest drafts in memory. I mean, it was just Zion, Ja, maybe RJ Barrett, and like a bunch of dudes. And it ended up being really good. I mean, um, it, it just went really deep. I mean, like you, you go from like 
Garland to Cam Johnson to PJ Washington. Um, uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, you get Nasir, Jordan Poole, who was one, who's one of the breakout players last year that would fit this list. He's going to be um, overdrafted next year. Yeah, Kelvin Johnson. Um, but these undrafted players, and I went through, because I was just kind of curious, and I'm a complete degenerate, but I went through and compared the undrafted players 2019 to, like, the previous, like, uh, to the surrounding four classes, and they oh. blew them out of the water. Um, you have uh, Brissette from Indiana. Uh, you got uh, Amir Coffey, Lou Dort. Uh, you got uh, Caleb Martin, Nas Reed, Max Struess. Those are good NBA players there. These are good NBA players. Yeah. I mean, this is neither here nor there. And I feel like this could all have been edited from the draft, but it was uh, just some degenerate stuff that I kind of came across today. I like that. The, uh, what was I going to say? Well, my brain's frozen. Yeah. I feel like this is a good, good time to wrap it up then. I had something very important to say regarding a younger NBA player. PJ Washington triggered something in my head. Um, uh, yeah, I guess let's just touch on PJ real quick uh, because I am curious. Um, oh, Brandon Clark was in that draft. Brandon Clark, my God. Um, yeah, so PJ Washington has been one of these most really frustrating players. Yeah, he has, he has a lot of potential to be, you know, two threes, block and a half, steal. Like he has a roto game, but he's a bit of a knucklehead. Um, do you consider him a player we should still be projecting a jump on, or would you rather stay away and wait for someone to drop him when when uh, he pisses him off? Oh no, he's gonna have a jump. You're done. You're done. No, no, no. He's he's gonna have a jump. I'm in on it. Oh, you're in on PJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You can't quit. Yeah, I. He just. He has that game that's fancy friendly where he's just going to give you a spread shot, scatter shot, a little bit of everything. Um, nothing pops off the board, but then he just helps you a little bit of everywhere. And he, there's that chance that he has that big game. Um, and I think with Miles Bridges likely not playing this year or not playing anytime soon, um, there's no way that he doesn't average 30 minutes a game. I mean, I think, I think he's very much going to be uh, on somebody's roster the entire year. So did you not bring him up as you didn't want to tip everyone off that you're still on him? Oh, uh, well, I don't see him being a breakout. I guess that's why I didn't, no. I just see him uh, being, I mean, he's had, he's had those moments. It's just been you know, so inconsistent. Last year. Right, inconsistency. I feel like um, any chance that changes, do you think? Like, is that just kind of who he is mentally as a player? Like, he's just going to be like that. Yeah, I think I think maybe that's a good way to put it. Maybe he's more of a Nick Batum um, type of frustrating, where you get you get weeks where he's great, and then you have other weeks where he's really poor. I think that just by sheer volume of minutes, I just think that he's going to have a good season, but not the type of uh, breakout season. I, I think there's no way he's in the top 50, but I also think he's definitely going to be in the top 100. 
I have one more before we wrap. Projecting boring the all stars. Boring all. He's still a tantalizing player. Uh, I always splurge for PJ when he falls to the wire. So just thinking about a crowded young rotation. Uh, I think all these players are th- going to be third year or under. Uh, Indiana. Uh, it's, you got uh, my boy Isaiah Jackson. You got uh, James Robinson's boy Gogo Bataze. Uh, and yeah. then you have the uh, the named starting power forward uh, who they got who they stole from the Suns. The Suns just gave him away. Goggles, Goggles Smith. Um, so what? So how do you feel about those three players? Can you rank them one, two, three? And is it close at all? Like how do you feel about the young bigs in Indiana? Mm, man, I uh, I feel like this is a pick for you. this is a discussion for you. But the uh, Jalen Smith, I mean, he was the tenth overall pick. It was amazing they gave up on him that quickly. Um, I kind of, I did have him as a note of like really intriguing top tw- or of a 2020 top picks. I mean, lottery picks. He's, he's got that type of game where like it, we were talking about a want on white side earlier where he can produce minutes or can produce stats in a small amount of minutes. Um, whether he's good or not. And I think because he's got that shooting, he's got that shooting and block combination with rebounding. Um, I think if he, if he gets those minutes, he could be good. But I, my guess is they, uh, they're not going to give him the minutes early until they kind of go into a little bit more of tank mode, just because it seems like his skill set really mirrors Miles Turner's. Well, they named him, they named Jaden Smith the starting, is it Jalen or Jaden? We're at that point. I cannot tell the difference. We talked about that. <laughs> but they've named Smith the starting power forward for some reason. But like over a month ago, they came out and decided to declare him the starting power forward. Really? Yeah. So that's, uh, I think, affected his ADP. I don't have it in front of me, but it's definitely much higher than the other two. I'm an Isaiah Jackson guy. Uh, he just has tantalizing upside as a shot blocker. He could average 67% from the field. Uh, and he's a guy you'll know what you have in a couple couple of weeks. Um, I like both of those guys, but Jalen Smith's definitely going to be the starter at, at Power Forward next year. Um, we could do a whole pod on Miles Turner teams. I don't know when they're going to yeah, trade yeah. that guy. They keep talking about I'm it. I'm going to stay away from the Suns, from that yeah. Suns front court, honestly. It seems too crowded and too convoluted. It's like trying to draft a Patriots running back. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not interested. The Pacers front court, yeah. I'd rather just take a shot and hope I get the right guy. Um, speaking of of the trade they made with the Suns, so the Suns traded uh, Smith to Indiana to get back um, Tory Craig, who they had cut for the year before, because they just had to have him as an eleventh man on their bench. So yeah, that I guess they weren't going to give him the rookie extension, but uh, I thought that was just an atrocious trade. The Pacers really cleaned up at the deadline last year. I know, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Some of these, uh, well, it, it just, I feel like it, and this is once again probably another, a pod for another day, but it's uh, it's uh, the low-level teams at the moment are kind of clearing up as far as uh, scooping up assets just out of the top teams being so, so very much in win-now mode. Yeah. Uh, there's just, there's, it seems like there's 15, 16 teams that are just clearly in like throw the future away win now mode that if you're a smart franchise that has a little bit of uh, awareness of where 
your franchise is at at the moment and has enough like humility to say, hey, we can't compete this year, you can really pick up some good young talent or some some good assets. So just not the Sacramento Kings then, who perpetually convince themselves that. Yeah, they're one of the few teams that don't fall into either camp there. That winning 40 games for the Kings would be like winning the title and they would feel justified in their moves. Yeah, they probably would would give the kids the week off of school. <laughs> I'm still going to watch a lot of Kings basketball on Reddit on my 2012 MacBook. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, this, is, uh, this has been fun. Um, thanks to everyone for listening again. Uh, we uh, will hit you back, I'd say, in the next next couple weeks. We'll start tossing around ideas. The NBA seasons, I'd say, it, was about, it starts on the 16th, so literally a month away. So my hope is to have uh, these videos uh, up on YouTube and also, um, you know, on a cleaner platform. Uh, I like Nate was the one that put that on on the uh, on that platform and sent that out. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, we'll try yeah, to get something a little more. The Spotify drop here coming soon too. So that's it. Yeah, so we'll get that stuff working before the draft, so the stuff's more accessible. Um, we're just kind of getting our reps in, so we appreciate you listening. Um, and I will say um, that I'm going to start checking. I got four fantasy football teams to worry about now. So it's a, it's funny compartmentalizing. Like, okay, like I was listening to some basketball pods today, and it was like telling myself, like, I was putting the football on, on the back burner, and I was like, okay, think about basketball. You can think about football later. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun time for a fantasy junkie. So I hope you guys are um, enjoying it, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. Absolutely. Good deal. Good talking to you tonight, Jamie. You too, man. All right. Let's find Jay. Natron clean. Natron clean, if you know what I mean. All right, guys. Peace.